Bonjour and welcome, mes amis. Yes, we are back, and we are back with one of our alphabet specials, as we are still on the letter A. Don't worry, we're getting to the end of the A soon. Although I have had some more sent to me since the last episode, so we may have to revisit the A's as well at some point. Anyway, today's date is the 18th of April. It's somewhere around about day 40 of self-isolation for me. I've lost count now, and our great overlords have decreed we are still allowed to exercise. They have even printed a handy guide to tell us what we can and cannot do, and it's actually more vague than it was before. As we are told, you can now drive somewhere to exercise, so long as you are driving less than you are walking. So, in theory, you can go for a four-hour walk or four-hour ghost investigation, so long as you keep moving, and that means it can be over an hour away from home. And I'm sure this will probably all change by the time you re- <laughs> you're listening to this, but it is technically good news for once for us spook spotters. However, I must also state that we don't want you driving all over the place with your car covered in lurgy, so please don't venture too far from home. But where is home? I hear you all shout. Yes, I actually heard you that time. I heard you shouting. So let's get on, as I really want to get through the A section, as York are not too happy as they have millions of ghosts. So today, I promise, rather than lots of sarcastic comments, I shall get through as many of these as I possibly can. However, I am sure that rule will get broken with about 10 seconds as I say, Aloha, Clackmanonshire. And yes, I pronounced it like this because it sounds slightly Hawaiian. And we can envisage ourselves surfing the sunlight and waves of the tropical paradise that is Scotland in April, as the gentle warm tide drifts us off on our surfboards towards the ice that is known as the North Sea. If you can get to Aloha, by the way, that's spelled A-L-L-O-A, Tower, uh, on August the 28th, we have another calendar ghost. So, what is it? I hear you cry. In my head, all of you are currently shouting these every time I say this. So, is it a woman in white, a headless horseman, a phantom carriage? Nope. It's some ghostly smoke. In 1800, there was a big fire causing a lot of damage, and it is claimed that there was a curse put on the castle and that it would be lost to fire. So either the curse only half worked, or we are yet to lose the entire castle. Although it has apparently been saved, not by the National Trust, who now run it, but by an unusual set of circumstances that would lift the curse, none of which I can actually find in this research. So, let's say a giraffe had to ride a unicycle through the front door whilst playing a ukulele singing Scotland the Brave, and then the curse would be lifted, and all of this happened at some point. So if you manage to get there on August the 28th, you may smell the ghost. Yes, ghostly smoke, but also you may experience the feeling of being followed and a lot of cold spots in the tower. If you manage to get into the tower, there are a lot more stories inside with the spectre of a ghostly man in chains as he's helped by a ghostly girl who bandages his rat-gnawed foot. Yes, lovely. I often ask people if they've seen a ghost before and they often say no, to which I always ask, how do you know? I know of many stories that have the element that they only knew it was a ghost and not a real person when it disappeared, or the only reason they thought it was a ghost was because it was dressed in historical outfits. Many people say, why are there no ghost cows or sheep? And the answer is, how do you know there aren't? Unless you go up and poke every cow or sheep, how do you know? And in the interest of public safety and decency, please avoid all sheep poking whilst on investigations. Now, I say all of this because I'm sure if you saw this ghostly man in chains with a girl wrapping his rat-gnawed foot in bandages, then we can assume this is a ghost and not some weirdly dressed tourists. The Great Hall is haunted by another young girl who was trapped in a well. 
uh, a woman watching a baby of a cradle, and a ghostly maid who paces up and down. A young boy crying in the charter room, as well as a strange man dressed in black, thought to be a clergyman, and an armed man with strange eyes. And if you get into the castle, soon you can experience the lovely sensation of being strangled in the solar room. So, not much we can look at or experience during the Lurgy lockdown, but one to put in the diary if they manage to get it open again for August. However, it's still worth visiting when you can experience the spooky atmosphere outside and possible spot the spooks or smell the spectral smoke. That wasn't easy to say. Nearby Inglewood Pond in Aloha! It's fascinating due to an amazing story I tracked down that relates to previous sightings of a similar cryptid. Stories I found go back to the 70s with several witnesses spotting an unusual creature they described as a strange horse with the legs of a dog prancing around the woods in broad daylight. The entity quickly vanished, and I would dismiss this tale as something similar to a few witnesses mistakenly identifying something after maybe being on the local drams. However, this has continued to be seen with sightings until this day. Alloway Old Kirk Ayrshire For those not in the know, the name Kirk means church. So the Enterprise was actually captained by James Tiberius Church, and there are many reports of this ruined church being haunted. One story involves two American tourists who fled the area after they had encountered a dark mist that drifted towards the ruined church. They reported the mist created a sound similar to a barrel being rolled along the road. Do we have the ghost of a barrel haunt in the area? There are contenders fighting to be recognised as the source of this spook, and they may be a woman who committed suicide, and possibly a tramp who was found dead on the site, and maybe even a murder child, or perhaps all of them. Almondsbury, Somerset. Head towards the Bowl Inn, but also wander around the rest of the village, as you may find Elizabeth, an unfortunate spook who in life was reported to have suffered abuse from her father, and she died quite young. It is said that you can hear sobbing near the inn and all around the village, but also she has been heard singing nursery rhymes. The inn is also haunted, but there's not much we can say about that at the moment, as you can't get in there anyway. Alnwick, Northumberland. That's A-L-N-W-I-C-K in Northumberland. Yet again, we have a venue that we will talk about at a later date, as it's mostly indoors, that being Alnwick Castle, as it contains a vampire. That's the first one of them on our list. The legend is that a man who served the Lord of Alnwick Castle was a very suspicious man and suspected his wife of having an affair. He tried to catch her in the act and climbed onto the roof to somehow look down on them, and he unfortunately fell to his death. Yet again, I love these stories, as the only person who knows exactly what he was doing has died, yet we somehow know what his intentions were. The reason the vampire legend came into being is that, despite being dead and buried, the man was then spotted around the town. Then we have our link to Lurgy Lockdown, as people and livestock began to die of some strange disease. So obviously, everyone suspected, it must be the dead man, as we all would. They then dug him up to find the corpse engorged with blood. And once the body was disposed of, the vampire somehow disappeared. What I love about this tale is that it introduced a word into the English lexicography, that being bloodsucker. The medieval chronicler William of Newborough wrote it in his recording of the tale. There is another legend involving this castle, as it is rumoured to be the resting place of Lancelot in a fort built before the castle on this site. I'd also like to send some people out on a mission to find the Fairy Ring at Chathill Farm as there is a famous fairy ring here, and apparently we can do another paranormal experiment, because if you find it, 
do take your kids if they're driving you insane. If the lurgy lockdown has made you realise that your kids are the most irritating people in the world, then take them to the fairy ring and get them to circle it more than nine times, as apparently then the fairies will appear and spirit away the offending children. Please film this, partly so that social services will have to arrest the fairies and not yourself, but also you can get 250 quid for sending it to You've Been Framed. There is another mystical site to try and find called Pinwell. If you can find it, then take a pin with you, as the legend states you need to walk around it three times, then leap across it and drop a pin inside. Then apparently your wishes will come true. Please do us all a favour and make a wish that involves this coronavirus disappearing overnight. There may also be a reason why this country has been worse than any other country in Europe. Well, obviously it's because of Boris and his useless bunch being incapable of running a drunken night in a brewery, but it may be the fault of ye old cross public house, as apparently there are a collection of old bottles that were on display. But if you touched it, it could lead to a curse and people dying, so perhaps someone was moving these bottles and they're the reason all of this is happening. Oldsford... Cheriton Battlefield, that's A-L-R-E-S-F-O-R-D. This year was supposed to be an excellent year for spotting battlefield ghosts, and bizarrely, these ghosts get together almost like Olympic events, as they are more likely to be seen every four years. Now, in my experience, these calendar ghosts never ever turn up when they're supposed to, yeah, for some reason, the legends carry on all over the internet uh, on when it's the best day to see them. And people like me then write about it in books, and we have this weird spiralling circle of expectation when in reality, ghosts just turn up whenever they want. If on your state-sanctioned walk you find the battlefield, then you may experience sights and sounds of the battle. There were definitely reports in this decade, and if the four-year rule is to be believed, was slightly too late as they were spotted on the 29th of March in 2012. And there were reports four years later, so do tell me if you've managed to see them or hear them. The ruined manor house is reported haunted, as witnesses have seen what could be a ghost, or an alien, or possibly a man on his way home from a weird disco. As this figure was seen wearing a silver onesie or jumpsuit, he had a visor over his face and was floating over the tree line. So, he may possibly have been a novelty helium balloon for all we know, and the story claims that as they left, the figure started floating and drifted along beside them, then turned away and floated off. Alton, Hampshire. We have a spook with a name, and I look forward to anyone finding this one on a Ouija board, as they might find Sweet F.A., or her actual name, for she is the original, Sweet Fanny Adams. She is spotted on the flood meadows and general surrounding areas, and she was the murder victim of Frederick Baker in 1867, and she's seen playing about in the meadows. Another battlefield ghost at St Lawrence's Church in Alton. The story goes that a royalist colonel was trapped in the church, and it was surrounded by roundheads. Then there was a short fight, during which he and his men all perished. The sound of this skirmish can still be heard, so if you're going for a walk, then head to the church, and press record on your phones to see if you can get the sound of a fight. Or just drunk teenagers pretending to self-isolate. Alton Towers. Now, there is a venue called Alton Towers that is haunted. However, good luck getting into that place during a lurgy lockdown. And more importantly, it's now owned by a company called the Merlin Group, who managed to destroy every asset it gets, and will probably charge you a million pounds to have your picture taken with a spook. However, Alton Towers Castle was haunted, and years ago it was an amazing place to visit and walk around the building, but that's pretty much not possible anymore. And you 
would have just spent a fortune just to park your car, then stood for ages in a queue to get in, then paid about 30 quid minimum to get through the gates, and then stood for hours in a queue to get onto a ride. So I'm guessing if you're in Alton Towers, you're not likely to be there spook spotting. Just watch the most haunted episode. Altrincham in Great Manchester. It's an odd one for the pronunciation police, as it's pronounced Altringham, but spelt A-L-T-R-I-N-C-H-A-M. Don't worry, my foreign listeners, as loads of people in the country have no idea how to pronounce their own country's place names either. Manchester is an amazing place. I love it. Greater Manchester, slightly less Great Manchester, actual Manchester, uh, not too far away Manchester, all lovely places. But it is also rather large, and we'll try and break it down into smaller places. So this is Altrincham, Greater Manchester. If you walk past the Orange Tree pub, then have a listen, as there is apparently a monk singing praises to God, and look through the window to see if you can see the ghosts that haunt the bar area, as there's supposed to be a phantom couple in here. All Winton, Northumberland, head to the moors, where we shall see sights to chill us to the bone. Or you will if you went there today, it was very windy and cold. Uh, I'm sorry, I cannot get the description of the location to any smaller than the moors, so good luck with this one. But a cowled figure has been seen floating about. He must be floating, as uh, apparently the figure has no feet or even hands for that matter. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna just spell this one. It's easier for people. A-L-Y-T-H in Perthshire. We have some excellent Arthurian legends here. I find the history of the Arthurian legends fantastic, as apparently the entire Arthur entourage were avid travellers with stories cropping up all over the British Isles about them. So here we have Dunbar Castle, that's D-U-N-B-A-R-R-E, with a lovely collection of ghosts. But also the legend that this was the former base of Mordred, who was reportedly the nephew of King Arthur. He was supposedly killed when the castle was overrun by Scots and Picts, uh, he was also reportedly killed in several other places, but <laughs> this legend claims that Guinevere may also be have been killed here and is buried nearby in a place spelt M-E-I-G-L-E. Is that Meigle, Meagle, Moogle, Margle? I have no idea. Amble in Northumberland. If you are going for an amble in Amble, you could have a lovely excursion to the cliffs. And this book is a location and calendar ghost. So it's seen near Cliff House on October the 31st. Though, to be honest, I can find more reports of this one being seen on multitudes of different dates and not many at all from people claiming to have seen it at Halloween. This is a ghost of a woman leaping from the cliffs. And thankfully, if you see this, you don't need to panic as she disappears before splatting on the rocks and sea below. However, please do check that it was actually a ghost. Ambleside in Cumbria, the Kirkstone Pass Inn. If you are heading for a walk, be careful when approaching this inn. Do not fret, you will not be tempted through its doors, and while away, hours of drunken debauchery, as all pubs and restaurants are closed. So drunkenness will have to remain outside. So, whilst outside downing your third bottle of gin this week, see if you can spot a few spooks, as thankfully we have a couple of them outside this building. Firstly, we have a spook with a name. It is Ruth Ray, and she was apparently on her way home from Patterdale with the intention of seeing her sick father. She also had her small child with her at the time. So in other words, not self-isolating or social distancing, as she was not only visiting ill elderly relatives, but dragging her child along with her. The story now heads into the realms of a tragic country and western song, as the weather took a turn for the worst and suddenly it started snowing making it impossible to walk anywhere 
as a thick white blanket blanked out all visual milestones and landmarks. Ruth failed to return, and her husband set out to look for her along the path that she had taken. He found her, but his reception was rather cold, as she'd frozen to death. She had, however, managed to wrap up the baby nice and warm, and it survived. It's thought that she still haunts the area, warning people of the weather and the possible dangers in the area. I'm not entirely sure how she does this, as I cannot find any more reports on her activity, but please contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or paranormaltourist at hotmail.co.uk if you know any more. This is, however, not the only spook you may spot whilst walking around near the inn. There is also the ghost of a small boy who was apparently killed by a coach that was outside the building. And by coach, we obviously mean coach and horses, or that kind of coach, a vehicle of some description, not some weird American leader of a baseball team. There is a more grisly ghost nearby, as a tree is supposed to have been used as a makeshift gibbet or scaffold for a hanging. Unfortunately, I'm not aware of which tree it is, other than that it is nearby. Please take this opportunity to look around you, and whichever tree has a body dangling from it, it's probably the right one, especially if it disappears. She was apparently hanged for the murder of her small child and still haunts the site of her demise. There are also ghosts inside the building, but they're going to have to wait to be explored on another day. But there is a grey lady and a ghost of a hiker who once worked at the inn, and one of them is thought to be responsible for the poltergeist activity that happens here. There are more poltergeists if you're in Ambleside, as several people have reported strange activity and nauseous feelings whilst in the public toilets by the clock tower. I feel as if any witty or sarcastic remark is rather superfluous right now. Ampt Hill, Bedfordshire, that's A-M-P-T-H-I-L-L -L in Bedfordshire. There's a ruined house that I think you can still access. However, it is an English heritage site, uh, so it might be worth checking their website to know if there are any weird restrictions over the Lurgy lockdown. So this is, and I'm going to spell this, H-O-U-G-H-T-O-N, House Ruins. There are apparently shadowy figures seen in the ruins that disappear if approached. This means either we have some elusive phantoms, or we have a load of ghost hunters all investigating the property and running away, thinking it's the police about to issue a fine over random lurgy lockdown rules. There is an audio spook also at this site, that being a coach and horses that are heard galloping around. Um, and I've not managed to find any reports on whether this can be seen as well as heard. Let's take the road from Ampthill to Millbrook and Ampthill Great Park, where we will hopefully experience a glowing ghostly night. It's been seen by several witnesses, and if you plan on tracking it down, one witness gave a good description when he stated that he'd seen the ghost several times around the park, uh, and it's said to depart from a site marked by a cross, which was once a castle, and then it moves towards the brook where it vanishes. But stay in the park, even if you have not seen a glowing ghost night, as you may get to see one of our regular spooks, a woman in white, as she's been seen floating about all over the place. Andover, Hampshire, that's A-N-D-O-V-E-R, I had to include this story, even though it's got something we can't investigate, but a church in Andover in 1171 had a strange event when a priest was struck by lightning in front of his congregation. As they watched this horrific event, a small pig appeared and ran about his legs and feet. Anglesey in North Wales. This is a rather large island, so not exactly easy to walk all over it, but some of you fitter folk might wish to do so, so let's put all the Anglesey spooks I can find uh, into one place. 
Well, it's no surprise we have reports of alien big cats. And no, I'm not going to explain alien big cats again. Go back, listen to previous episodes. More importantly, why have you only just started listening to this episode? What happened to the last couple of years of shows? So if you're heading out, be careful. What makes this one unusual is that it's a large black cat the size of an Alsatian. So the standard big cat that's seen all over the UK. However, one report I found is someone driving down the road towards Wilf... Uh, let's just spell it. W-Y-L-F-A. They describe the standard large cat, but a large black fluffy tail, which makes it slightly more unusual. This cat has been seen all over the island with several reports on Achlandona Beach. That's double L-A-N-D-O-N-A. The next Anglesey story relates to a haunted pub, but for once we can examine this one as it's the ruins of Onion's public house at Red Wharf Bay. And the spook has a name. It's called Ivy Nettleton. Yes, that does sound like a made-up name of a plant-based supervillain from Batman like Poison Ivy. However, it looks like this was a real person and unfortunately a murder victim. She was murdered by her husband, Arthur Albert Nettleton, in 1945. He tried to hide her body by burying her on the nearby beach. And if there are any potential murderers out there, yes, burying somebody in the sand is a nice, easy way of hiding somebody. However, their tide is not your friend. Uh, so very soon the body was exposed. In fact, 16 days later, when it was discovered by two women on horseback riding along the beach. Didn't help that he buried her not far from the pub in a very shallow grave, due to the fact that he was interrupted by a light coming from a nearby window, and she apparently haunts the ruins of the pubs in the shape of a floating white figure. According to all sources, she was not a pleasant woman, and in the court case there were descriptions of a woman suffering from several mental health issues, described as psychoneurotic and hysterical, and it was argued the murder was in self-defence. He hit her with a red-hot iron when she attacked him with a bread knife after one of their regular arguments about her suspicions of him having an affair. And that fateful day in October, Arthur had enough and just snapped. There are many, many haunted sites on Anglesey, and there are several books by Bunty Austin that will fill in a lot of these gaps. However, they do feature sites we can't visit at the moment, such as Southstack Lighthouse or Beaumaris Jail or Castle or Place Nuid. Thankfully, we'll come to these in future episodes where we can get to them after this lurgy lockdown disappears. Antrim Town. What we can see whilst hanging around in Antrim Town, well, other people hanging around, quite literally as the ghosts are hanging from trees, we need to hang around on the corner of Belmont Road and Cunningham Way. This is apparently the site of a local hanging tree from days of yore. Another road we can walk down is Dublin Road. The spook here is a young girl wearing an outfit akin to a 1900s look and also seen here pushing a rather old-fashioned bicycle. So off we head to Antrim Castle. I've been trying to find out if the castle grounds can be accessed during Lurgy lockdown, as I do know a couple of the spooks here. However, when I went onto their website, all I could find out that access to the gardens was available at all times, but her ladyship's pleasure gardens might not be. I'm not sure what her ladyship's pleasure gardens are, but that sounds fun. So, if the castle grounds are accessible, we can go for a walk and spook spot, as the ghostly presence is said to haunt Antrim Castle's grounds. It is thought to be that of an unhappy girl by the name of Ethel Gilligan. She worked at the castle during an arson attack. The building caught fire, and she was rescued when people saw her standing out a window. Unfortunately, she later died from smoke inhalation, and she apparently is now seen as a white lady ghost in the grounds where she was laid after her rescue. 
there was another arson attack, this time on the 28th of October in 1922. And an IRA gang allegedly set fire to the place whilst it was hosting a grand ball. That night, the daughter of the Archbishop of Armagh, the Most Reverend Charles Darcy, was staying at the castle and was apparently persuaded by a mysterious white-robed figure of a woman to jump out of a window to save herself. We have to assume that this was the ghost of the previous fire victim. There is a possibility of being spooked by another apparition in the grounds, as going back through history there were several reports of a ghostly coach being pulled by six black horses, and they were galloping towards the castle. In the real world, it apparently was racing to the castle when it veered into a pond and sank, killing everybody on board. Their shrieks and cries can be heard as well as the animals, and some say this is more likely to happen as a calendar ghost, mostly in May. I'm getting very tired of writing about big spooky cats and dogs. However, we do need to tell you the tale associated with this one for it to make sense, as this is not an alien big cat or black shuck type apparition. Many moons ago, there was a certain Lady Marion Langford, daughter of Sir Roger Langford of Muckamore, who was engaged to Sir Hugh Clotworthy. These sounds like names that have all been made up, but they're real. <laughs> Lady Marion was off on her lurgy lockdown daily walk, or the equivalent of whatever that would be at that time, when she was scared by a deep growl coming from behind her. When she turned around, she was faced with a rather horrible sight of a ferocious-looking wolf, which was growling and baring its teeth as if ready to attack. Lady Marion, in true damsel in distress mode, fainted and fell. Oh, let's take a bit of a side here. Fating ladies in previous years is not that unusual thing, as a lot of the time they were wearing extremely tight-fitting clothes and corsets and created a deformity, meaning that your lungs were underdeveloped. As they became crushed, this often meant that women were left short of breath. So if the body had a massive adrenaline rush mixed with a lack of oxygen, it could easily lead to people fainting. When she came to, the sight was actually worse, as she then saw the bloodied body of the dead wolf. And I'm thinking this is possibly even creepier. She felt her hand being licked and the sound of panting. Yep. Before we get any weird story about a wolf killer who licks people, do not worry. This was apparently a large wolfhound which was lying beside her, which she surmised had been injured whilst trying to defend her. Lady Marion then took the dog to Antrim Castle and tended his copious wounds, but shortly afterwards the wolfhound mysteriously disappeared. This wolfhound apparently is a protector of the family and has been howling as if to warn of danger, and a wolfhound can now be seen at the gateway, which is apparently the real wolfhound that turned to stone to protect the family forever. The story I've told you is the local legend and probably absolute drivel without a single item of truth in it. However, what gives the story some form of interest to us is that people visiting the site and walking around the gardens have reported the sound of heavy breathing. No, it's not the sound of a weird, licky, heavy breathing spook. It is thought to be the sound of the wolfhound patrolling the grounds, protecting its family. And on that scary note, I think I hear heavy breathing, and the strange sensation of licking as the band Frankenstein's Lobster slither into the studio and start playing the theme tune. So I guess that must mean, it for me, it must be time to say goodbye, 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 goodbye. goodbye.